Meanwhile, in Brooklyn, New York, 2,000 feet above Murder World. Ah, oh, there. No one will be following us through that new gate. You could have lent a hand, by the way. I lent a hand when I traveled to a menth to collect mutant DNA where I was pulled apart at the molecular level. Thanks. I'll skip the yard work. Now, you tempted me away from my master with tales of genetic ascension? He'll be angry. This better be good. Oh, don't worry. You're used to be pretty head. It's spectacular. And literally moments away. Oh, actually, the lift takes about 15 minutes. Anything else you'd like to talk about, or...? I'd prefer to stand quietly. Great. White Lotus. Oh my god, the shitting part. I know, so unnecessary, right? They laugh alike, they fuck alike, sometimes they even kill alike. One has lost his mind when sinister clowns are two of a kind. Oh god. Everybody and welcome to episode 194 of Comic Book Queers Colon Legacy. I am your host Brett and I am joined by my host Evil Jeff. My host body Evil Jeff. Hi Evil. Why are you talking about colons? Is it because we're gay? Yes. Actually, so American horror stories started. Is there some uh, colon raping you, you scene are like- so mad. They brought up um she's like there's one scene where Finn Whitrock gets kidnapped. By these two meth heads, a man and a woman, and the woman's like, "My husband's got a ten-inch dick. He's gonna make you rosebud good." Ew! <laughs> like, and he's like, "What's rosebud?" And they explain it. I was like, "Ew!" Uh, yeah, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan Murphy. Wait, what's the title of this American Horror Story? So, Evil Jeff, when I tell you, it's really good. It's an this ev- one is called du- Double Feature. It's called Double Feature. Isn't one about yeah. vampires? Yeah, one's about va- it's halvesies. So it's going to be six episodes about vampires and six episodes about aliens. And the one about vampires is really good, like really good. I think I yeah, actually think you would like it. Get back to me on the last episode when it all sure. goes to shit, like every other one of those seasons. Um, Did you like all of it in nineteen eighty four? No. Oh, see, that's... And I remember, let's rewind the tapes. I mean, I'm really not going to find it and find the part. But you were like, it's so good. (laughs) It started off great. And then it unraveled. That's what I'm saying is you can't trust any of this shit. Because when you look at the trailers, every trailer of American Horror Story, you're like, that looks amazing. Yeah. And then it falls fucking apart. I find... That if it's a shitty season, it's got an amazing finale. And if it's a good season, it's got a shitty finale. I cite Roanoke, horrible finale, favorite season. I cite Hotel and Freak Show, terrible seasons, great finales. This one's good. It's kind of like The Shining, in, but it's set in P-Town. So it's just a bunch of faggots? Yeah. yeah. Actually, Macaulay Culkin plays a gay character. A male escort of sorts. More like a suck your dick under the dock kind of male escort. Uh-huh. Uh, and he goes vamp. 
Oh, fun. So we've got a gay vampire Macaulay Culkin. I will say I miss Macaulay Culkin, so I do – I think that sounds fun, bringing him back. He actually – he's basically just channeling his brother in Scott Pilgrim. Oh, nice. Which is great. It's great. So, yeah, Rosebudding on American Horror Story. Hi. A true horror story. How are you? Um, I'm Okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about some of the things going on in the world. I think we'll skip over that as <laughs> yeah, not the, to depress the, the world. Our yeah, all of our rights are being taken away no matter what country you're going to. So everything sucks. Yeah. So let's delve yeah, into a world terrible. of fantasy. How about them X-Men? How about them X-Men? Should we get a little X-y in here? Let's get a little X-y. Let's take some X and hit that music. I want your X. Come on. Oh, oh my god, you scared the shit out of me. We have two <laughs> books to talk about. New Mutants, number 21, and Hellions, number 15. Oh, Hellions. Oh, Hellions. Should we start there? Yes. Um, Hellions, I mean, we both probably had a favorite moment, but I guess we should hold off until we get to it. True, um, because our favorite moment <laughs> happened at the end. It was basically the Game of Thrones <laughs> the Game of Thrones moment. Where... Tell Cersei it was me. Exactly, exactly. Yes. It was the first thing. Well, like, let's not get to it yet. But yeah, it was the first thing that popped. My, like two things when I read this scene, two things popped in my head. One, I cannot wait for Evil Jeff to read this. Two, tell Cersei it was me. <laughs> so Hellions takes place after the team is surrounded by Tarn the Uncaring and his children. Who I think are just called the uncaring, right? What are they called? I forget. I guess. And the two sinisters, clone sinister and original sinister, ran away, leaving the team to face Tarn and his minions. Yeah. They do great, by the way, against them. Yeah. The Hellions. First time they had their asses handed to them. This time, though, they kind of hold their own, thanks to Orphan Maker and Nanny... Yeah, they're kind of like, and then, but then things start falling apart when secrets are finally being revealed. Ooh, secrets. Well, first we've got the alien, I'm not alien, the robot baby that um, Nanny took. It seems that uh, some of the human people, some of the Orcus type folks have honed in. Uh, not the, uh, They're the right, they're Cameron Hodges people. They've honed in on this alien baby. Um, and it seems like they're actually taking or they're, they're talking to nanny's ship yeah and it looks like they can see through this baby's eyes they can't control it anymore but they can see what's going on yes yes and they can talk to um nanny's ship which is going to lead to sabotage i'm sure which means nanny and orphan maker are fucked however that may not matter yeah, because it looks like the world might end because of Tarn the Uncaring, as we will get to. <laughs> yeah, be, uh, because of Amino Fetus. Specifically, when we first met Amino Fetus, this giant ogre-like character wearing a, what I'm going to call a hockey mask, it said, Amino Fetus must not eat. And so in this issue, we find out when he does. And I must say, not what I expected. <laughs> also, it's just like... Why, why would you make this type? Like, he's he's making these people. Like, why would you make this? Why is Tarn the Uncaring making a destroying level 
character. Well, it might have it might have been like the discovery of rubber. Like, oops, that happened by accident. Yeah. And now we have rubber. Now and now we have the amino larvae, which can eat time and destroy everything. Oh if my God. amino fetus eats, my God, crazy. Pretty crazy. We have empath during this fight um, say to Havoc, like, I should just turn on your, your evil psycho persona. That'll get us out of this. Very prescient. Yeah. Very prescient, I will say. Yeah. And then, um, and then Psylocke uh, has to admit, like, oh, actually, all the murder world, that was all in your head. I was in on it. And Grey Crow is like, you know what? Fuck this. Pulls apart his body parts, makes a huge gun, <laughs> and he just starts like, like unloading whoop ass on everybody. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's uh. Psylocke also shows that she is rather formidable. She yeah. does a little telepathy on Tarn, and he's like, "Ow, I felt that. Ooh, you're powerful. Yeah. Ooh, which you love to see." I'm always interested, though, in the fact that I guess they never really go into what was Quanin's full powers before she merged with Psylocke. Right, right. Like, clearly she was a mutant. Yes. But was she a psychic mutant? Was she a telekinetic mutant? I feel like she was telepathic. Because that's the other thing that we never really address I guess Matt Fraction tried to address it when he took over his run in the early 2010s is um, she remember when someone just decided, I hate that um, Betsy just has telepathy and that Marvel girl just has telekinesis. Cause when X factor happened, she only had the telekinesis. She didn't have the telepathy and they just decided I forget which writer was just decided to switch their powers one day i believe i know oh what what's the history with that uh didn't when chris claremont came back didn't they do like a 6 month time slip and sometime in that 6 months gene and Psylocke had kind of shared powers a little yeah, bit yeah yeah that's the thing so it wasn't even it didn't even happen in comic it was like oh this had just already happened and chris claremont yeah, wrote but- it I think so. I think it was when Claremont came back. So all of that is just very confusing. Very, very it's confusing. muddies the water. So I'm interested in yeah. all that. But but the point is 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 Conan is just fucking badass. And I, the other thing that I really like is that they're. I thought they were all going to turn on her, but when she tells them like, "Hey, you have they have my daughter," they kind of have her back, and they're like, "Oh, we." They kind of get it, except for one person, empath. <laughs> Yeah. Who is basically... He, he's I, a shit. Embeth is kind of like the biggest villain because he is so selfish and horrible. Yeah. However, he is loyal to certain people. Yeah. Uh, we check back in with our Sinisters who had run away. Um, one Sinister tempted the other with promise of Chimera or Chimera, however you want to pronounce it. And we find out that what they make is a... Very scary looking, half Tarn, half Sinister, Kimura. So this is the first one. This is the very first one. Maybe the last. Well, I I am curious of the the Kimuras that we've seen in Powers of Ten. 
were was it Rasputin? And yep, Rasputin and uh, Priest and uh, North. And I am curious of, do you think any of these characters will ever be created or show up? Didn't it feel like around House of X, Powers of Ten, that absolutely, yes, they'll be back in four issues? Yeah. Now, I feel like no. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But Sinister has started making these mutant hybrids. We don't know what Moira and Xavier and Magneto feel about this because it wasn't it the fourth generation of Kimura that fucked mutants, that betrayed mutants. That yeah, because actually the priests were like the second, because there's like, yeah, they did horrible things and then they made a new version, which were like the, the priest one. And then there was yeah, a version after that, which, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's uh, very complicated. But I'm wondering if Moira is trying to mip, nip that whole thing in the bud or if they're going to allow Sinister to do this. Well, this is the thing that's interesting is they if they didn't want these cameras, they wouldn't have brought Sinister in on this. They want Sinister to do all these DNA testing. They brought him in to do it, so I think they do want him to make it. And the other reason that makes me think they do want him to make it is because the person that eventually brings it all down is not Xavier and Moira. It is Emma Frost. And I think this, this what ends up happening is Ooh, Empath. Good point. Empath comes in and when he see, when they see that Sinister has created this clone factory and has this new chimera, he just turns to Empath just turns to Havoc is like, sorry, bud, and makes him go hog wild ape shit. And he goes up to Sinister and says, Emma says hello. Ugh. Do you know how much it's I squealed? So great. Oh, when I it happened? Yes, I do, because I did too. What I love is how Emma's got everybody's number. She clearly knows about Moira ever since she opened up that hospital. Yeah. It's clear as day that she knows about Moira. Now it is clear as day that she knows about the Chimera because the whole time Empath had been waiting for his moment to destroy them. Yeah. And so my question is, how much does Emma know about Mystique? Yes. Are they players playing separately against them or are they playing together? I just, I have to think that Emma not knowing about the logic diamonds that she quote unquote ordered has got mystique written all over it. It yeah. also seemed like Emma was completely caught off guard by that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I do like that there's this kind of three way chess going, which I guess is the cover where it's like Xavier. Well, it's like Moira versus mystique versus um emma which is so juicy and delicious the other thing that i will say and i know i'm giving a bit of spoilers away but i think a lot (gasps) of this has um what's what what all this is leading to i think there's going to be a return of irene i think there's going to be a definite return of irene and the reason i think about that is because of what happens in the new mutants the control oh, they have of who gets yeah. resurrected has just yes. been has just been changed. Like the power has shifted a little bit. Let's re- I want to revisit something. Why is Moira prohibiting precogs? You know, it like it wasn't 
there wasn't a clear, distinct reason. This, right? I, she kind of well, just said, we can't have that. This is the only reason I can think of, is that I think she felt, I need to die and I need to stay hidden until a certain point. And I feel that if there's a precog, they're going to see that I'm coming back. They're going to see what my plan is. And no one can know what my plan is except me. That's what I think the main thing is. But the thing that I don't understand is if you have a precog on your side, you have like cards in your favor. You know what I mean? Like, right, wouldn't you right. want to have, like, just have them on your side. And I think she just can't trust them because Destiny fucked her up so bad. Destiny did yeah. her so dirty that she doesn't trust any precogs ever. Which is why I think Destiny is definitely going to come back. Definitely. And when she comes back, she's going to fucking know everything. She already did. But Moira's got those diaries, too. Oh, it's such juicy couture. Outside of Emma Says Hello, my favorite line was also by Empath, which said, you were told not to play with yourself, Sinister. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Do you know what would be a really crazy thing that could happen? What? At the end of Inferno... Destiny comes back and stabs Moira, and then there's just a panel that says, and that was the end of Moira's death life. Oh, shit. And then it just starts over again, and then it fast-forwards in time, and then there's basically a whole new reality universe reset. Oh, my God. I mean, that's not going to happen, but can you imagine? No. What if that was, that might be his original intention, and they were all like, no, 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 we like this Krakoa stuff, so don't do that. Oh, maybe that's what it oh, was. I want to interview him so bad and be like, that's what you were thinking. Are we right? I know, right? <laughs> we have one question for you, Jonathan Hickman. Were you gonna kill Moira and have everything restart? Because in Are the beginning, right? she goes, you only have one, maybe two if you do everything right. Maybe 11. Maybe 11. It ends at 10. You... Maybe 11 if you play your cards right, yeah, sister. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then so she, and then she pointed so at her crotch. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about if she just has some lesbian sex with the three of them. The two right. Of them. Everything will go right. Anyway, Hellions, just good as ever. So they're all dead again. Right? Yeah. Didn't Havoc kill all of them again? Um, <laughs> Sinisters included? Um, I mean, it all turns to white. So there's a chance it could be like when it covers that some of them, you know, it's like when there's scenes where like a building blows up and then it comes back and some of them are like, <coughs> oh, there's rubble on me. I'm still alive. You know what I mean? Yes, there's totally. A, yes. It could be that or they could all be dead. It could be either way. Guess we'll find they could out be dead, or issue. they could be alive. They're like the Schrodinger's X team. Um, let's talk about New Mutants. Sure, Shall New Mutants. New, new Mutants, aka Rain Sinclair, realizing that she has been a pill lately. Also, Rain Sinclair realizing that oh, she's the reason that a the scout reason. is dead. Yeah, how does that? How does that feel, Rain? Yeah. The other things of note, this one was just kind of, I felt like this one was just kind of like, 
like a setup issue where it was just kind of like, oh, by the way, the brood, uh, what's his name? What's the, what's the? Brew. Brew doesn't have as much control over the brood as we originally thought. There's problems. Love that. So that was kind of a setup of like, uh uh-oh. And then we have the uh uh-oh. Rain uh, is probably the one, is under the, is more under, she's realizing the influence the Shadow King has on her. Magic and uh, uh, Karma decide to come to the rescue. They finally have their like, all right, we were kind of being cunts to each other. Let's, let's like, you know, but let bygones be bygones. Um, Yeah. And then uh, the five come. I'm starting with Tempest and it's kind of like, what are you doing here? And then the, what is the little squad called? Uh, the Annoying Kids. The Annoying Kids. Is that what we're calling them? Yeah. So the Annoying Kids are like, Scout's dead and she's his clone, so we're not going to do this. And basically what the five said, they're like, hey, here's the deal. She has a separate backup. That means she's her own person. That means she can Boom. come back. The end. Guess who else has a separate backup? So does Madeline Pryor. And that means they're... Uh, but I'm just like, so does she go to the back of the queue or are they just going to fucking resurrect fucking Madeline Pryor? And she's just going to walk in. I would love to see her just kind of walk into an episode, like an episode, an issue of Hellions. Be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> I would love for her to be resurrected during a fucking story called Inferno. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I kind of love is all of these things feel like all these pieces are being set up. And I'm really excited for it. I'm yes. super excited Yes, yes, it. yes. Um, yeah, and what I'm also excited for is that the plot line of the annoying kids has wrapped. Yeah, like we've gotten closure. They're like, "Listen, we're gonna resurrect Scout." Okay, kids, shut up about it. Shut up about it. But I also would, would like, you shut up about it? But then I also still want them to just just fucking commit suicide and and get your regular bodies back. I would yeah. say if I was Ernst, because here's the deal. If you were no girl? If I was, yeah, if I was, yeah, that's what I meant. If I was no girl, sorry, Ernst and no girl spend so much time together. I mixed them up. If I was no girl, if you die, even if it takes a long time for you to come back, it seems instantaneous to you. Right. I would fucking kill myself. <laughs> I would, with what? I, I guess, I'm sure you, she can float. I would float. Until I crash float into, over a cliff. Yeah, float over a cliff. Turn off my gravity things and just drop to my death until my. As soon as that thing cracks open, her brain like will be yeah d- die. I want a body. Give me a body. I think that's cruel and unusual punishment. I do too. Anyway, also Farouk is waiting for everybody, so it feels like that's the big showdown. Come to me, happening. children. Yeah. Come to me. I want it to come down to Karma versus Shadow King. Oh, Let's yeah. do that. What if it ends? What if this ends with obese Karma with one leg coming back? Oh, I would love that. That'd be fascinating. I would love it. Love it, love it. Anything else about New Mutants? Um, no, I don't think so. I liked the Warpath and the kids' focus. Yeah. Also... I follow Vita Ayala, the writer, on Twitter, and she went through who each of these kids are on Warpath Squad, and most, if not all of them, identify as trans or non-binary. 
Oh, so it was like a non-binary squad? Yeah. Oh. Because I noticed yeah, I mean, most it, of them, I know, was like, like her have, intent. We, have we seen intent, any of me. them before? Uh, I think, you know, in the background of this book, perhaps. Yeah, but... Here and there. A lot of them seemed new. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, no more about X-Men other than can it fucking be September 29th already, which I believe is the start date of Inferno. I can't wait anymore. I know, it's crazy. It's crazy. I said three weeks. Um, but there are... Oh my God. It's an eternity. There are comic books outside of the X-Men, you know, believe it or not. Oh, there are? Uh, maybe there we should are. talk about them. Oh, you've read some? Yeah, you gotta get a comic. Oh, you got to. Hit it. You gotta get a comic if you wanna get a Well, well, well. Well, Evil Jeff, it's rare that you read non-X-Men comics, I feel like. I know, right? Um, <laughs> but in the Marvel world, sometimes... Marvel. I see two gay people on a comic book cover, and I'm like, I need to see what's going on. This comic book is filled with gay people. Of course, we're talking about The Last Annihilation, one shot starring Wiccan and Hulkling. Yeah, basically, the the squad that was with uh, Hulkling, everyone was gay. Everyone was gay. It was like, was it? Is, is it Marvel? Wait, was is it Marvel Boy? Yep, Marvel Boy and his boyfriend Hercules. Hercules, and then his sister from a different is she from Phyla a different Vell. dimension? Yeah, I think the Moon Dragon and Philavel on the Guardians are from a different dimension. Yeah, and so then lesbian, and um, and then Hawkling and Wiccan, and this one's interesting because it actually kind of shows them first meeting and kind of how all that went down, which was cute. It's super cute. It shows kind of their relationship over time when they first met, when they were first recruited into the Young Avengers, um, when they proposed, when they got engaged. It's great. When they first decided who was a top and who was a bottom. When they first decided that Billy was the bottom. Um, I missed, this is, the art is um, Jan Baseldua. I, I completely butchered that name. Jan Jan Baseldua. Oh, I, no, I got it. Um, it's the same artist as what was uh, Mr. and Mrs. X, I believe. Mm-hmm. I loved that yeah, art. That I like this art. art. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It was. So it's it was just good Billy and Teddy stuff. Yeah, it was. It was fun. And then I guess, and it's also the X Men were still there, uh, fighting alongside. Sword is is there fighting alongside, um, and then. Uh, the thing that I liked is, um, you know, Billy is able to figure out him and Billy because they have the the original Captain Marvels is who had those uh, the Negabands, yeah, Captain Marvel. Since they were made into their wedding rings, they now can use them to like swap places, which they do, which is great. They're on separate missions. Um, Teddy was on the scroll. I'm sorry, Teddy's on the Cree homeworld. Billy's on the scroll homeworld, and it just at the end it turns out if they just switch places, their unique powers allowed them to solve the situation. Like Teddy was the right fit for what was happening on Hala, and Billy was the right fit for what was happening on Skrullos. And there's still talk of Agent Brand is purposely trying to keep the fact that the Scarlet Witch is dead from Billy because she feels oh it'll my God. fuck up their mission. 
Wiccan is like, my magic's like weird. It's not bad, but it's like weird. Like something happened weird. And she's like, I can't even imagine what that could be. And, um, you know, I, I think someone with your temper should probably just stay focused. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the mutants you mentioned, I thought there were some great mutant cameos in here. Number one, there was a Zorn in the background somewhere, so that was fun. But the one I loved was Avalanche, who I feel like we haven't seen in so long. Yeah, right. <laughs> we have not seen Avalanche during the It is weird where Kukoni it was era. like, it was so funny, but then he just fucks everything up. And I'm like, wait, is that the X-Men's Avalanche? That is the X-Men's Avalanche. <laughs> he fucks everything up and he's like... Oh, by the way, if anyone asks, my name is Richter. I know, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> and then later Hercules is like, remind me to beat the shit out of that mutant named Richter. <laughs> so funny. So funny. This is written by Anthony Oliveira, who uh, wrote My Drag Bunch with Loki. So, like, to me, like, nobody's allowed to touch Billy and Teddy. Other yeah. than Anthony Oliveira. Let's get soaking wet. Boom, 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 boom. Club music playing. Um, let's just hope that let's just hope that this goes into a good place. I hope they don't go into any cliches. Like I don't want to be like Billy being like, "We should have taken prep." I have HIV. Oh. Remember when or- uh, North Star found a baby with AIDS in a dumpster? Remember when we read that issue and found that it was surprisingly sensitive. <laughs> And forward. Yes, but still, the history of it is like... Sure. Listen, you know what? You know what couple I actually find a little bit more interesting than Billy and Teddy? Um, Marvel Boy and Hercules, because I just love that they're both... The twink and daddy. The twink and daddy. The twink and the daddy. And I kind of feel like they don't love each other. They just... I think each other's really hot. They, they just, just can't fuck stop fucking. Have you ever, and I know like, how many, did you date a lot? Cause you've been with your husband forever. No, no, just, just had sex. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Have you, have you had like long relationships that were just the sex? No, short ones. Many of them that were just the sex. I had a relationship that lasted a year that was just the sex. And then it was like, this, we need to stop. Yeah. This is all, all, like, we don't like each other as human beings. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think what I always would do was know that and end it after a few times. Yeah. That's a smart thing to do. I, however, was stupid. Plus, understand that. Through circumstance, I fell in love shortly after I came out. Yeah. Wow. It's like love. Uh-huh. So that was always in the backdrop of my sex during my whole sex life. I've had worse luck. First boyfriend, micro penis. Oh, did you love him? No. We were both still in high school. And then I was like, I'm going to college. So I got to bounce because. Yeah. You're still because he, he was like he was a year is it, he was a year younger than me, so it was like yeah. He's like, is it my micro penis? You're like, yeah, no. Um, but no, but that, but it still made um the experimenting a little more difficult. <laughs> sure. Yes. 
But then the second guy, this guy, he pursued me. And I have to remember when I was young, I looked like I was 13. Even though I was 18, I looked like I was 13. I looked very, very young. And so most yes. guys didn't you like still me. still do, girl. Most guys didn't like me because I looked too young. But this guy liked me. And I was like, oh, my God, this is great. And then one day I went on his computer and found child porn. No. No. I was going to make a joke that he was a pedophile. No. Yeah. And so... He tried oh to be like, oh, I don't know how it got there. But I was like, yeah, I'm bouncing. Uh, I look back now where I'm like, I should have called the police. But instead, I just bounced and was like, nope. Um, oh. And then the guy after that was um, a heroin addict. <laughs> Jesus, girl, you've lived a life. And then the guy after that was a cocaine dealer. And that's the one I that's really fell bad. in. That's the one I fell in love with. That's when I first truly. Yeah. Loved. Oh, you mean a capitalist? Big deal. <laughs> but um, yeah. So yeah, I had I had a rough go of it in the beginning. My God, look at you now. <laughs> Being gay in the '90s, am I right? Am I right? You persevered. Um. Anyway, tons of gays in that book. It's super fun. Tons of gays. Tons of mutants who are all gay. We love. I want to talk about another book, book though. What? A new book came out called Dark Ages. Marvel Dark Ages. Or Dark, oh, Dark Age. Ages Dark by Age. Tom or is it Dark Age? I think it's Dark Ages. Okay. Um, does this take place in another t- world? It absolutely does. Okay. I just... Then... Okay. Okay. Because things were happening. Professor X is in a wheelchair. I'm like, what is going on? Professor X and Jean Grey are at the mansion. And he's in a wheelchair. I'm like, what the I'm like, fuck... What am I reading? As soon as they cut to seven years later and... Yeah, then Peter you're like, Park, oh, okay. Peter Parker's yeah. like, that was seven years ago. I was like, okay, good. Because I know this was solicited a long time ago. This was solicited in, I believe, Marvel Comics 1000. Or, like, there was, like, a preview for it. Like, what? where were you when the lights went out? And basically, and that was like eight years ago. It is Doctor Strange cast like a fucked up spell before he got killed, and it just made all, it made the sun not be able to shine through, and all machines don't work anymore either. Yes, correct. So, there's like there's an an EMP blast that just annihilated any hope of electricity ever again. So. We've got a bunch of heroes trying to, you know, live in this world, fight the good fight. Um, Spider-Man's daughter, May Parker, is a big part of this. Peter, MJ, is Aunt she May, in, they're all a big part of this. Is she in the real comics? She, uh, oh, don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. I think so, yes. Oh, I don't know. I don't keep track of it. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I should know. I feel like I should know, but I don't know. Anyway... I just felt it was kind of um, like that's the basically this is a what if. Yeah. And I think basically you use the right word. It's basic. It's very Marvel 101. Professor Xavier and his mutant students are inside the Xavier's mansion. Their enemy apocalypse will stop at nothing to take over the world. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Tired of that. Yeah. It was a good story. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad book. But, it's but like, I'm just it's like, what the there, hell is this? Done that. What the hell? What is going on? Been there, done that. Yeah. 
there's a lot more interesting things that are happening maybe in outside the Marvel universe in certain comics. Yeah. Like something by James Tooney in the fourth. Oh, I see. We're segueing into something is killing the children, which I believe you're finally caught up. on. I finally got caught up with something is killing the children. I thought it just ended. The arc ended, but no, we did. We, we spoke of it as if it ended. And then all of a sudden, a new issue drops and it's a prequel. Yeah. There's been three issues since that arc ended. And uh, yeah, it's basically showing how Erica Slaughter came to be. It's the origin story of Erica Slaughter, one of our favorite new comic book characters. And I will say it really depressed me because it really shows the character that's like her brother, but you're like, Oh, he died in the comic oh yeah and that just made that just like because before you don't know who the fuck that is you don't care and now you're like oh don't make me care about this person that i know is going to die that just bums me out yeah that is sad uh love her mentor though love the woman and she's not around either so she's she's dead now probably right it feels like something really bad happens to the house of slaughter or something yeah and the other thing is Basically, her parent, like she's a kid whose parents and best friend are murdered by the thing, but she kills the thing. She is able to kill it just on her own as a little girl. And her mentor, what's the mentor's name? Something Slaughter? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, she's, let's, call her, let's call her Janet. Okay. Janet's like, this little bitch, she just killed this thing on her own. You need to like come. with no training. Yeah, you need to come with us. You need to come with us. And then the the white the white mask lady, uh, who's kind of like the in the others. It's like Harry Potter where there's like the black. Yes, it's Slytherin. Yeah, she's Slytherin kind of lady. like she's like oh fuck that no 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 you can't this is not how we do this you have to bring someone in you have to and she's like we're just gonna do it. and she's gonna do the training and do the initiation but apparently the initiation they're just like she's probably gonna die during the initiation they're all convinced that she's gonna die during the initiation and the initiation is facing the monster who killed her family which is trapped inside of octo her stuffed animal yeah, not realizing they're like, oh, usually we just have little baby ones fight the people, and they still die sometimes. She has right. a full fledged one, and clearly, you, you don't know, have a prayer. she's not gonna die. <laughs> right, but not only is she not gonna die, it's a cakewalk for her. Yeah, like all that hype of like, you, she's gonna die, she's gonna die. It was like nothing for her. She walked out of there, it was like that was it. Yeah. So Erica Slaughter is highly powerful compared to the others. Yeah. I'm super excited to see where this is going to go because I feel like you can't do a prequel and then, but that's the thing. Is it going to jump back to the present? Right. And like a new adventure. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. I don't want just prequel. I don't want it to just be prequel stuff. Yeah. I don't think it will. I think my prediction is what will happen after this issue in in this arc is we'll see what happens to her mentor true yeah and then we'll probably flash forward again to a new adventure has this officially been are they still just in talks or has it been officially been greenlit i'm not sure i'm not sure but i would imagine they're going to keep it going even if it's still just in talks you know yeah let us show you what we can really do then you'll make a tv show out of us so good so good so good hey speaking of tv shows should we talk about some tv shows 
Let's talk TV. Hit that music. Someone who watch superhero sci-fi stuff with me. We are going to be on a little bit of a hiatus with Titans because last week you didn't weren't caught up, <laughs> and this week I'm not caught up. That's right. So we'll get back to that next week. But we have other things. We need to just talk about Marvel. Let's start with what if episode four? Four. Yeah. Episode four, Doctor Strange. What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? And uh, dark, 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 dark episode. And we're saying this coming out of the what if the Avengers were all murdered episode. But the other thing that I'm interesting, I've been seeing a lot of people are kind of going off on the Spider-Man trailer who are convinced that that is not really Doctor Strange and it's someone else. Because Doctor Strange would never do that. And I honestly feel this what if is kind of like, no, he would. No, he would. Yeah, He would. Don't you see? He would. Yeah. All for all for well, pussy. Just for just, I was like, all for pussy. Just because yeah. he, he needed to get that, he needed to get that, that that hot action again. So, I guess what happens is the difference here is when he's on his way to whatever function he was on his way to when he got into the car accident. This time, Christine is in the car with him. So. She dies as a result of the car accident, and his hands are fine. What kind of threw me a little bit is that in this universe, as explained by the Ancient One, played by the untouchable Tilda Swinton, um, Christine's death is called an absolute point, where no matter what you do, it has to happen. It will happen. Yeah. There's no changing it by going back in time. Yeah. Which to me, I don't know. I'm like, if it's that pivotal of an event, like, why didn't it happen in our universe? But that's neither here nor there. Well, you could just be, it's an absolute point in that universe. In that universe. Sure. Sure, sure. But no, I bet you that's the thing. He didn't realize all he had to do was destroy his hand instead of her. And then she would probably live. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Some sacrifice had to be made for him to become. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how would he know? Yeah. Um, I will say um, the one thing. Oh, now my I lost my train of thought. It was a little. Uh, yeah, it was a little weird um, that he still became Doctor Strange just because his heart was broken. Because he didn't have the hands, he needed to figure out another way to operate, another way to heal them. And that's what yeah. led to him going to the Mystic Art. Just being like, well, his heart was right. broken, which led to the Mystic Art. I'm like, but why? Yeah, yeah. Like, why? Kind of just I, I, that was that. a little bit of a leap for me, but whatever. whatever. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree. And it's also the answer is because he's fucking Doctor Strange. He has to become Doctor Strange. And idiot. I'm going to say this one, I kind of like the least out of all of them so far. I agree. And I'm going to give, this is going to, you might disagree with me. I felt, I don't think um, Mr. Cumberbatch is a good cartoon actor. I, 
kind of agree. I felt he was really stiff to the point where my boyfriend was like, well, they should have gotten ben- uh, Benedict Cumberbatch to do the voice. And I'm like, it is Benedict no. Cumberbatch. <laughs> and he was like, wait, really? Why is really? he talking like that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a different performance style. It is. I think he needs someone to bounce off of because you're just alone in a booth. You know who is really good at that? That Lake Bell. Oh, well, Lake Bell. I mean, you saw the movie she made, right? The movie she made? She she wrote and directed her own movie about her being a voiceover actress. You never saw that? No. Fuck, what's it called? It's amazing. Oh, Oh, wow. Oh, watch it. It's so good. But yeah, it's literally her life as a voiceover actress. Oh, wow. Wow. You're looking it up now, aren't you? I am. In a world. Because, you know, like, in a world. where In a world. Yeah. yeah. It's called In a World. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. Write down. Watch it. Oh, I would love to watch it. Um, Just not right now. But uh, it's it was still fun. But at the same time, it was, uh, yeah, there was something a little stiff about it. I was like, I like yeah, the plot yeah. of this. I like what it's talking about. I love the animation. But something felt stiff. Yeah, something felt stiff and like things things felt omitted. Yeah. But um But it was very dark. I mean, afterwards I was like, Jesus. I mean, I was invested. Well, does it does it just end with that universe ending, right? Yeah, or like not even. It's like he's trapped in this pocket. But of the, what's but left. yeah, that's what I mean. The rest of the universe is gone and it's just him trapped in gone. it. Gone. Yeah. Ugh. And here's the interesting where this is, will translate this episode and the movie we're about to talk with talk about people choosing evil and risking the end of the world for love. The things you do for love. Would you, if, would you, if they were like, Oh, the whole universe might end or we're going to save your husband or you can save your husband. Would you save your husband and let the universe (laughs) So, paint me a monster. I, I don't think so. <laughs> well, that's the I thing think, is, the thing with that... I think I would opt for the rest of the universe. Well, but here's the thing is, even if you save him, then you're still going to die anyway. Right. Yeah. Like, what kind of life is that? Yeah. Like, we, we live in the middle of New York City, and sometimes we're like, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Can you imagine if it was just the two of you alone in this little pocket you created because the rest of the universe was oh destroyed? Oh, my God. What would we do for dinner? What would oh we do for dinner? Oh, my God. I had a dream once where the apocalypse happened. You know, like revelations. Like, literally, God came and did the revelations, and, you know, everyone got uh, left behind. But in this world, what he really does is, is then after he judges everyone, everyone that didn't make it into heaven, he starts everything over back to Eden. And I remember that all technology was gone. It was just woods. And it's like, now you have to start over because humanity fucked up. And I just remember before I woke up, I was like, wait, I have to hunt for food. This is a high concept dream, my love. But I remember just being very upset at God because I had to yeah. forage and hunt for my food from now on. Ugh. Ugh. Who needs it? Who needs it? Send me to hell. Listen, I'm mad at God because the supermarket three blocks away shut down. I got to go to the one five blocks away. Oh, in this dream, I legit 
went and found an angel of one of my friends that did get taken up. And I was like, you need to talk to God. It's so unfair that the gays can't go into heaven. And she was like, oh, there's gays here. Just not you. Just not you. You're just a horrible (gasps) person. (laughs) Being read to filth in my dreams. Oh, my God. That's your subconscious talking, girl. Uh, Anyway, I think maybe we should get to the big news. Yes. Maybe we should be get to the biggest uh uh holiday. What is this Labor Day? The biggest Labor Day opening ever. Yes, yes, and a really good movie. Ooh, I'm giving it away. All right. Let's talk about Shang-Chi. Um Shang-Chi, how do you say it? I can't get I won't be able to get it right. I tried to do it right. Shang Shi. Zhang. Is it? Did you say Shang or Zhang? Zhang. Zhang. I say Shang. Shang. Shi. Shi. Let's do a one, two, three. Are you ready? Ready. One, two, three. Loved, loved it. it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, it's, loved I will it. tell you this. It's real high up there on my. It's high up there. There's I only a few. I'm talking about. Uh, I think like the Infinity Wars, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ragnarok. Those are the only ones that I think are like above it. It might be in like top five for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It's really solid and it goes in directions I did not anticipate. The whole third act, I was like, wow. I didn't think, I thought this was going to be just like a street level Marvel hero movie. I did not expect them to essentially go to like the Iron Fist land, you know? Um, so they have the mythical land of Te Lao in this movie. Is that from Iron What's, Fist? No, oh. Iron Fist is like, isn't Iron Fist like Kung Lung? Oh yeah. Like oh, okay. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, as soon as they went to Te Lao, I'm like, well, there's going to be no Iron Fist in the MCU anytime soon. Cause they're already doing this whole thing. Oh yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. And can I just say this? I know that I'm biased because I have been wanting to bone Simu for Oh, a Cynthia. very long time. Yes. But just the thought of like a future Avengers movie happening and him being a part of it literally puts like gives me goosebumps. Like it makes me Seriously. so happy. And we'll just get a little jump right to it and we'll give it away. The mid credit scene was basically Hi, welcome to the Avengers, Shang-Chi. Like Yeah. That was the point of it. You are an Avenger now. Yeah. And I was like, yay! And so are you, Aquafina. Oh, you didn't see that coming. I mean, I will say, if I was them, I'd be like, she she can stay home. She's just a driver. <laughs> <laughs> I know. She's really funny, though. She delivers her lines really well. So you're an Avenger. Um, uh, Or maybe, but, yeah, but the cancel Lou. culture might have her taken out of the next one. Yeah, that is true. Simu Liu, though, this, this guy, he... Incredible actor, charming as hell, funny as hell, clearly did all of his own stunts, and Evil Jeff. Oh, honey, they showed the behind the Have you watched the behind the scenes? I saw him doing his own stunts on yeah, the bus. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, jumping exactly. Yeah, I saw the, that too. Yeah. Good Lord. Wait, what song? Also, he sings. He has a song on the fucking soundtrack. And I looked up some videos on YouTube of him singing like with a little ukulele and he's got an amazing voice. I'm sure. Plus the body. Oh, so hot. Oh my God. 
He is a so. panty dropper. He is a leading man. He is he's a triple threat. Cuz you know he can dance. But here's the other thing that I think people I don't know if people will give him credit for this. My one issue with the movie and it's an issue a lot of times with even with Captain Marvel like origin movies, you're having to explain so much that a lot of times in explaining all of these histories and backstories you don't have as much time to do character development. But his acting is so good that you're yeah. able to know exactly who this character is in these few lines where I think a less capable actor, you would have probably been like, I don't know who Shang-Chi is based on just the writing alone. He was able to kind of pull off, like, you know, exactly who the fuck he is. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. One thing it also did successfully from a solo standpoint in terms of revealing that information, that exposition. And I actually think Captain Marvel did this really well too, is when they choose to release information, yeah. when they choose to tell you, you, they, they're giving you bits and pieces of his childhood at the end of the movie. They're yeah. revealing more and more. You think, you know, the story, you think, you know, the story, and they just keep peeling back layers as it goes. I thought that was so effective how they went back and forth between him as a child and him in the present, him as a child, him as a young teen, and him in the present, the way they composed that was so effective. Yeah. And let's just talk about the highlight of this is this has some of the best fight scenes in any of the It has the best fight scenes. It's so, the ones on the bus, the ones on the edge of a building, like everything is, the one thing that I liked the least is you know how I feel about Godzilla things, right? Yes. I hate You don't like kaiju. I you hate don't like kaiju. I hate big large beasts. If it's gonna step on you, Evil Jeff hates I it. I do. So when it was so towards the end where it's like a huge dragon, another huge evil dragon, and they're just like minuscule people on top, I was like, Ugh, yeah. okay, move past this part. I hate it. Um but it's For still me, good. It's still I good. love that stuff. I love that stuff, although I hate Pacific Rim, I know. But for me, I'm like, I would have fallen off that dragon. Yeah. It is whipping around, going fast, whipping. Yeah. There's no reins. There's nothing to hold on to. I'm like, I would have fallen off like 80 times. But also, I will say this too. The Ten Rings, fucking cool. Like, so that cool. Power I'm so glad. Is so fucking cool. So wild. So glad that the Ten Rings were not the traditional this is the ice ring and this is the fire ring and this one shoots out lasers and this one shoots that's out what they that's what they originally were right that's what they are and that's yeah, the thing the is comics. okay but then is is the mandarin part of the hand um i'm sure yes i'm sure there's a connection to the mandarin and the hand at some cuz i always cuz i remember those 10 rings Psylocke wore those 10 rings Yes, well, when, she, Lady she, when she was Lady Mandarin, and that yeah, was all yeah. done by the hand. But I found it interesting they never mentioned the hand; they just yeah. called it all the ten, the, the the tribe of the ten rings and stuff like that. So I found it interesting yes. they just weren't saying that. And I was like, did the hand originate with the X Men? But then I was like, but we own the X Men. I just found it interesting they were leaving that out. I was curious. As no, to well, that was part of Acts of Vengeance, which was all about like super villains that didn't typically fuck with a certain hero or team fucking with that hero or team. So that was like Mandarin and the X-Men or the hand and the X-Men. But the other, it was like, 
villains switching it up. And speaking of the villain Mandarin, the Mandarin from Iron Man shows up. Oh my God. So this is masterful how they have reconciled a lot of the racist roots of Shang-Chi, of Mandarin. The way that they have gotten rid of all of that was masterful. I mean, even when Ben Kingsley was Mandarin in Iron Man 3, it was whitewashing. It was like, oh, we're not going to make him an Asian stereotype because we're going to cast Ben Kingsley. And then what they is his ethnicity, out. though? Is he's not white, is he? British. Is he? But but isn't he? Is he Middle Eastern like originally? I think you're thinking that because he played Gandhi. I think so. He's is just he full British on guy. white? Oh, that's terrible. I think Ben Kingsley sounds pretty white to me. <laughs> But, I mean, he was hilarious. I mean, like, so everyone hated that reveal. I, I I hated that reveal. I was like, that was like a denial. Like, he's not the Mandarin? Okay. But in retrospect, that was absolutely the right thing to do. Then they did that, um, in response to it, they did that short, Hail to the Chief, which actually I watched on Disney Plus before I saw Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that? Uh, no, wait, what was it? It's called All Hail the Chief. It was a short produced by Marvel Studios after Iron Man 3 that was online. Now it's on Disney+. Plus. It's like 13 minutes long. It's about Trevor Slattery being interviewed in prison by somebody from the media who turns out, spoiler, the interviewer actually works for the Ten Rings. And the end of the short, the interviewer says, you stole somebody's name and he wants it back and kidnaps Trevor at gunpoint and kills everyone else in the, in the prison. Um, and at, then they suggested there is a real Mandarin. But the way when Wu, Tony Leung, explains it, when he says there was an American terrorist who tried to bring fear into his country by using quote, quote unquote, my name, um, made it, what is it like people were afraid of an orange yeah. of a chicken dish, you know, <laughs> like just how they denounced all of that, how they denounced like Mandarin and just, just all of it I thought was very well done. It's difficult to navigate and not be insensitive. And oh, I thought they did great. And then I had to look it up. Ben Kingsley's father is from India. Oh, his real oh, okay. name is Krishna Pandit Banji. Stop. Yeah. That is not a white guy's name. No. So he's okay. half Asian. But okay, wrong, so it's but, not so bad that he played Gandhi. But the wrong... But it's still bad he's played Mandarin because it's the wrong Asian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so thank, like, just thank goodness they were like, in the MCU, Mandarin is not a thing. Um, it was a thing, that but it was short, a joke. I will say, that short you talked... How, when did that come out? Shortly after Iron Man 3. Oh, okay, so right after that one. Okay. I need to rewatch yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But great that he shows up. He's so good. No, He's who else so showed funny. up that was great is Wong. Oh, loved Wong. Loved Wong fighting Abomination in my other favorite character, Jai Ling's Fight Club. Shang-Chi's sister, Jai Ling, who I fucking loved. Yeah, great. It was just... She was great. That she was, was so one great. where... Because isn't... It's, it's in the comics, 
aren't they battling against each other in the comics right now? Yeah. So that was yeah. Because- she's one of the five tribes. Yeah. So I remembered because of that. As soon as he's like, I have to find my sister. I'm like, oh, she's gonna try and kill you. Like I knew immediately just because of the comics did. that is like, oh, she's gonna try and kill you. Oh, I but love she had that. every right to. Oh, her yeah. brother like tore her heart out. He when lied they were kids. to her. He said he would. But at the same time, when he didn't come back. But it's interesting because you thought, well, he couldn't come back because he didn't fulfill the mission. And then you find out, no, he did fulfill the mission. He did kill the person that killed his mother. And he felt so torn up about killing someone. That's what made him run away. I felt that was a really interesting twist, too. Exactly. It's just all of that release of information. It was like they really saved that one for the end. And he reveals it to Aquafina. But now I'm going to talk about the weak link for me. And oh. it's not necessarily her, but how she was played into this. And it is Aquafina. I did not, there's something, and it's just me, but at moments there was sexual tension and then at moments everyone kept asking why they're not together. And then they kept just saying they were just friends. And it was weird to me. And I know maybe I'm provincial when I see a cishet man and a cishet woman that are that close. Why are you not together? And it I had weird, the exact opposite reaction. And it weirdly seems to me that it's just like, oh, sorry, Aquafina isn't pretty enough. Oh, to be, to be that. But he's not attracted to her. And that's oh. why. And that's what I felt, which felt gross to me. Oh, interesting. I like. I loved that they maintained themselves as friends. Like I, I was cringing thinking of the the like, don't you see? I've loved you this whole time. Moment like this cliched moment. I, I walked away going, I'm glad that they left them as friends because maybe they're not attracted to each other. Maybe they're just friends. Well, here's the the, really, the only moments of attraction were one when she saw him with the shirt off, which I don't even know if that was attraction. She was just like, damn. That's what I mean. I and wish there was a the moment, grandmother. Yeah. Who, who wanted them who to be married. Like you, no, but in the end where they like woman. hold hands and then he's leaning on him, that's very, that's not, that does not seem friendly to me. I'm oh. just going to say, I wish there was moments where they expressed interest in other people because the only other explanation, I'm just going to say this. Lesbian. Or he's gay. Oh, yeah, right. He's gay. One of them's gay. That's all I'm going to say. One of them's gay. It's the only explanation. Absolutely. And it's going to be her as a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I thought she was more attracted to the sister than she was to him. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. Can you? I wish that was in it. And It would have been you, nice if there was a moment. And yeah. I do, because it's a, they want to release the movie in China. There's no way they were going to do that. Right. Especially if, like, I know I said I wouldn't bring it up, but China just passed laws where, like, pretty much no feminine men can be portrayed in the, right. on TV or in movies anymore. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So my Chinese career is over. I said it last week. It's in vogue to hate gays. It really is. It is. I mean, I've been doing it for yeah. the past forty years. <laughs> oh, <laughs> finally, the world has caught up with me and my own self-image. But for me, I will say, Shang Chi. I was riveted from moment one to the end. Every fight scene, even when um, Tony Luang uh, the, uh, and, and the mother first meet and have their battle. Oh, what a love. gorgeous fight. It's gorgeous. Just, and that's the thing of like watching like kind of like 
this Chinese style crouching tiger, hidden dragon style fighting in the MCU. I'm like, yes, yes, more, more, more of that. I love that. I lo- I just loved oh Michelle Yeoh when they introduced her, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the final act and um, just what a presence she is and just. She reminds me of like Rene Russo in the Thor movies. Like, I'm like, could you just be in every scene and just yeah. like make him and make me feel better? Yeah. Ugh. It's just so yeah. fun. I mean, it's just it's so it's a gorgeous movie. The cast is so good. The story is so good. It's steeped in emotion and relationships and family. Like the family dynamic is so complex like and it, it makes you sympathetic with the villain which is so rare in the mcu and i will say this the introduction of him as like a powerhouse fighter on that bus that bus fight scene is like one of the best fight scenes i've seen in so long i know they released that as a clip online like a few weeks like two weeks ago i wish i never watched it i was so oh the other character i mentioned is razor fist hello oh you were into oh. him if there was ever a type, that is it. I uh, I like my that guys. Played... I that the 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 knife the knife hand. I just can't do it. I just can't. <laughs> I'm oh, sure no, in that's real what I'm life. Talking about. I, I'm sure in real life, um, he's gorgeous. But yeah, uh, no, no, no. I don't care about the muscles. I care. I, like I'm into guys with giant knife hands. <laughs> no, actually, that's the actor. I forget his name, but he's the actor who played Ivan Drago's son in Creed Two. And I, like, he is the hottest thing on the planet to me. Right? Is he did so? Were there scenes with him fighting Michael B. Jordan? He's the main guy who fights him. Do they like roll around naked together at any point? Yeah. Mm. They have to. It's it's mm. a um it's a jerk off. They have to jerk each other <laughs> off and fuck him to come loses. Oh my god. Anyway. Yeah, it's it's good. And listen, we're eating well because we've got Eternals in November and then Spider-Man in December. Yep. Well, what but then after what if when does is Hawkeye's next? And then Hawkeye also in November. But also that, guess what else they're starting to release previews for? It's not MCU though. Doom Patrol. Yes. So, so Doom Patrol's going to come back. And guess what else is coming back in in a month? Oh, not coming back, coming. Why the last man? Yes. Oh, oh my God. We have so much shit. To, and Inferno's There's happening. So much. Guys, this, we are in a bevy. I'm sure the year is going to end. We're going to be like, what the fuck? What the fuck are we going to give number one? I mean, WandaVision. But I mean, what? Uh, what's going to be number two? <laughs> what's going to be number two? Yeah. We are going to have quite an end of the year special, but we have so much year ahead of us. I will say this. I also have noticed I saw the movie with some friends and uh, they complained a lot about, oh, there's not enough development. There's not enough this. There's not enough that. Like in Loki, they did this. And in WandaVision, I was like, oh, wait a minute. You're comparing a TV show to a movie. Right. You're right. comparing an eight hour thing that has characters like to a two hour thing. And it was I think a lot of people are spoiled with these amazing movie level TV shows that sometimes yeah. I'm sorry, a movie can't go into something that's something that's eight hours long did. Right. In a weird way, it's kind of setting expectations a little too high. You have to judge in those two separate things. Exactly. 
um, the other thing is compared to all the other stuff. So all the Disney Plus shows have been setting up multiverse, nexus level events, the creation of the multiverse, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, but the Phase Four movies so far have been Spider-Man: Far From Home. Which really didn't set anything up per se. It established that Nick Fury's in space, but it didn't set up storyline. Black Widow, again, it was like reflect. Like both movies were kind of reflective. They were kind of looking backward. A lot of Spider-Man was about you know his role in the world now that Tony's dead. Black Widow was a prequel, but the end of Shang Chi, that mid-credit scene where they reveal that there is a beacon inside the Ten Rings that is sending a message to something. I feel like that was our first movie moment where something was set up yeah. in terms of what phase yeah. four is going to bring. Like what is the big, cause that's the thing is, but does that beacon a lot of this, but is, is that going to be somehow connected to like the Dr. Strange movie or is the Dr. Strange or, still Eternals. Dealing, or Eternals? I have a feeling those 10 rings are connected to the Eternals somehow. How many Eternals are there? Like when they're in that group shot, is it eight? I'm gonna look. Or it is up. it six? Might be ten. Oh, if there's oh, you're saying ten? Each one of them has a ring. Yeah, there's eight. There's eight. But two of them are cock rings. There's there's Makari the. <laughs> <laughs> there's Makari the fast one. There's the guy from Train from Train to Busan. There's Angelina Jolie, who, by the way, is spilling some tea lately about Brad Pitt, and we don't like him. There's Richard Madden Icarus, Have My Babies. There's Salma Hayek, Hayek. There's Gemma Chan. There's Sprite. And then there's Brian Tyree Henry. Eight of them. Right. Oh, but wait, no. Then there's also the, the guy that I thought was going to be Why the Last Man. He's not in here, but that's not. Oh, I'm, oh and then oh, Evil Jeff, there are ten. Oh, there are. Because then there's um, Kumal Nanjani. There are 10. There are 10 Eternals. And 10 there Eternals are 10 and 10 Eternals. Rings. Interesting. Interesting. Love it. Ooh, Comic Book Queers is about to tweet about this. Love it. Love it. It's such a good movie. See it. Even if you don't like Marvel, even if you like that movie, The Joker... See Shang-Chi, you'll like it. But honestly, like, even if you just like fun martial arts movies, then fucking see this movie. Yes. If you were a fan of Jackie Chan movies, then see this movie. And if that's the other Lee, thing is the, the little, um, the, the cameos of the other Marvel worlds and how he fits in. If you have never seen another Marvel movie, you can watch this movie and you're fine. A few things will, you're fine. will go over your head, but it won't change the plot of the movie and how much you'll enjoy the movie. But who am I talking to? Because if you're listening to this right now, you, you've watched all the other goddamn fucking Marvel movies. Oh, absolutely. Oh, wait. One more thing I want to mention. Um, Bruce Banner. Bruce, Bruce Banner. Banner. and He's not Smart Hulk. Oh, yeah. That's right. He's back to human form. Do you How'd think, that happen? Oh, I, I wonder if that's just a mistake. It's not a mistake. <laughs> what isn't a mistake is Captain Marvel has her long hair back. Yeah, which I kind of love because um, it kind of like, wow, thank you, Marvel women. Your hair really gives us clues about to like when things take place. <laughs> like, 
like people are like, oh, this this month this must takes place four months after Infinity War because Black Widow's hair is starting to grow out. It confuses people. That reminds me, like, uh, have you ever seen the movie Sliding Doors? Yeah. With Gwyneth Paltrow, you know how she cut her hair in one yeah. of the timelines. Yes. I made the mistake of watching that movie with my mother and my grandmother. And my grandmother just could not grasp the plot of the movie. <laughs> She's like, why is her hair short now? Ugh. Oh, her hair's long again. And you're like, no, it's another reality. What? Like, just, What's reality? I know. Or, like, or did you see the Kimmy Schmidt episode where they're watching sliding doors and yeah. you just hear the yeah, audio yeah. It's like, oh no, the doors are oh, sliding. No, the doors. <laughs> oh my God. Watch sliding doors. It's connected to the MCU. She's Pepper Potts in it. Just watch sliding doors, but just imagine it being Pepper She's Potts. Um, there is somebody on Twitter who is reacting to you and I not knowing, like not being able to figure out who the villain of Doctor Strange 2 is going to be. Um, Why? So they tweeted they at us and they were like, yeah, they think we're stupid. Who is and it? here, let me, let me, um, um, it's listener uh, at Shinobi Phoenix. And they said... Episode 193, you guys really don't know who the Doctor Strange 2 villain would be? Lord of its own dimension of chaos and madness. Appeared in What If twice already. Often used in Marvel auxiliary media and games. Those are your clues. And I was like, Gwyneth Paltrow? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, my response was, Dormammu? I feel like an idiot. Um, And then... They elaborated um, the Doctor Strange villain who I'm talking about has been in four different video games. Who? Just tell me who. I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. What? I'm like, ooh, let me guess. Let me guess. Don't tell. Don't tell. And I can't figure it Most out. Most of those video games have have a billion, have all the villains. So who? I, who, <sighs> who has their own dimension of chaos and madness? Nightmare? Gwyneth Paltrow? Goop? Of chaos and madness. I thought that was Dormammu. Remember the one where right, Dr. Strange that's why I guessed Dormammu. Yeah, that's the only I one I also guessed think Jeremy of. Renner? <laughs> Jeremy Renner? I... Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. I, I don't know who, this, who they mean. Nightmare? I don't know. I don't, I guess. Losing You should have told him to tell mind. you. You should have told him just to tell you. No, I like a mystery. Well, I don't. So tell me. Hey, uh, find me on Instagram and just DM me. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. This was a fun episode because I'm happy to talk about that a movie I really liked. Yay! And and it's doing well. It's also a hit. Which the fact that it was like deemed as like an experiment, like that it's not being released on Disney Plus, and it's still doing great. Meaning, like, they're going to do more with it. It's not a flop. It's He's going to be part of the MCU now. It just makes me really, really happy. Really, really happy. And I love that Shang-Chi Chu will probably feature on his sister, who maybe essentially started the hand. I don't know. Yeah. That'd be great. <sighs> Can't wait. There are ten Eternals. <laughs> 
and we have 10 listeners. And thank all of you for tuning in because did you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, Brett, but did you know that if you read comics, that that makes you (gasps) queer, 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 gay as fuck. Bye. 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 Bye.